0: Welcome to Wise, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. Wise is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey, friends, welcome back to Wise. First of all, I just want to thank all of you that reached out to me this past week. For the episode that I did last week, all about how to get results, I felt so just grateful and happy that it resonated with all of you. And, you know, I just was able to also self-reflect for myself about how that sort of idea has impacted my own life and You know, I am always here to be a guide and a sounding board for all of you. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I do what I do, because I know that the way that we, again, navigate the world is just a little bit different. So I'm always here to share insights and always here to also give you a little bit of a kick in the butt when you need it. It's that balance, right? Because we don't respond to like dictators that are just like, hey, do this. I think that change needs to be, you know, it has to take place with a foundation of love and acceptance. Because if not, which isn't what we're used to, (laughs) because if not, it's not going to last. So that is just my gratitude for you, for being here, for listening, for supporting me through the years. Today's episode is going to be a little bit about my signature nutrition method, which is called intuitive macros, and I'm also going to be diving into my story a little bit. I will put my first story podcast that I did a couple of years ago in the show notes. There are two episodes actually where I highlight my story in detail, and then I talk about the lessons that I've learned But today, I really wanted to dive into this a little bit more for new people who are listening to the podcast. And also, honestly, my approach to nutrition has changed throughout the years. When I first started in the online space, I was really into intuitive eating. It was something that helped me heal. It was something that I saw with my clients that helped them heal mentally for the most part. But I started noticing that for most people, for most women, especially if you are, again, a sensitive woman, a woman who has a lot of awareness around her body, intuitive eating might not be where you start. And, you know, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but to me, intuitive eating is the goal. But we can't get there without. Education, and we can't get there without self-experimentation and learning about nutrition. Educating yourself about nutrition, learning about portion sizes and how foods react in your body, how you react physiologically and psychologically to sugar and to processed foods. So, to tell somebody with our current food system, because again, many foods are engineered to, you know, for us to overeat them. Hyper, they're I was going, I was about to say, I call them hyperpalatable foods. I didn't come up with that. Hyperpalatable foods are foods that override the brain. So things that are engineered to make us want to eat a lot of them, even if we're tracking. So those are very hard to intuitively eat. I don't care how far along you are in your nutrition journey. It is going to be extremely difficult for you to intuitively eat a chocolate cake or a brownie because, again, it doesn't matter how much you've learned What matters is that you're still a human and you still have a brain that responds to pleasure. So to me, a sustainable relationship with food and getting to that place in your body where you feel good after working with hundreds of women, after going through so many diets myself, I feel like in the past several years, I've really come up with a signature method that I do believe works, that I know works for women. And the goals of this process, which my process, like I've said, is called intuitive macros, is to first of all get you to eat a lot of food, as much food as uh, your body can handle for your specific goals. So if we have, if we want fat loss, we do need a calorie deficit, but we're making sure that the foods that are contained within that deficit are pleasurable to you and that you feel. Full for the most part. I always say that fat loss, if you're on a fat loss journey, you will have a little bit of hunger. You're not going to be starving, but it's normal to feel a tiny bit of hunger, not to the point where you're going to binge or anything, but that's just sort of part of the process. So we first start in this process with Tracking. And, you know, again, I really do believe that this is the way that we should all be going about this. And we start off with tracking in the beginning, and then we get to the goal that we want to. Again, eating as much as we can, loving what we are eating, you know, even the way that we're preparing the food can feel sustainable and easy. So we track for a time period and then once we get a little bit closer to our goal we start moving into intuitive eating and there's a little bit of a process that goes into that and eventually we get to intuitive eating. And I do prescribe check-in macro days where you perhaps, you know, intuitively eat for the most part and then maybe check in once a month, but you sort of toggle between the two. To me, I don't see anything wrong with tracking and this is sort of a heated subject because You all know that, or maybe you don't know, but I will share it again right now, that I am a survivor of eating disorders. I have had bulimia. I've had anorexia. I have had orthorexia. Pretty much anything that you can picture with disordered eating and food, I have had it. And I thought for so long that because I had that history that I couldn't do things that were, quote, unquote, obsessive, like tracking or even following a real food uh, way of eating, avoiding sugar, even if it made me feel good for the most part. So in following the typical, um, typical eating disorder literature, which is like, don't ever count anything, eat whatever you want at all times, just listen to your body like, what the F does that mean? That didn't work for me. That left me in a Worse place than when I started, and I'm going to talk about this now in a little bit when I get to my story. That left me in a really bad place. It left me feeling like crap, it left me feeling disempowered, it left me feeling like I didn't know what I wanted to do with food. Because the thing is, even if we have recovered or- from eating disorders, I don't think. Disclaimer right now, if you are in an eating disorder, it is, I I really don't think it's a good idea for you to track. I do think that you need to get recovered first and focus on that and focus on your mental state regardless of what happens to your body, because you cannot be on a fat loss plan while you have an active eating disorder. It just it, it cannot happen. Your priority is to heal your mind. And once you heal your mind, And when I say heal your mind, I mean that tracking or even comments about your body, getting on the scale, all of these things are no longer triggering to you, Um, triggering to the point where they put you back into the eating disorder. I do think that we can heal and then sort of feel those things of like, oh, I feel like my weight's up this week and I don't feel physically, you know, well as a result of that. I do think that, again, even if we are recovered, we're still humans. And we still need to eat good food. We still need to be educated about food. Look, I'm getting fired up again. We still need to, I just saw the red on the podcast thing because like the volume went high. We still need to get educated about food. Just because we had this disorder doesn't mean that we are now, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? That we are exempt from learning about food. I, I really don't think that. And I really do think that something like tracking and learning about your body, learning about biofeedback, learning about your mood and the way that you tolerate food is a really good thing. So things that are considered, again, disordered or obsessive, they're not like that for everybody. And especially if you are listening to this podcast and you are struggling with food and you're maybe doing intuitive eating and you're feeling like it's not working for you and you're feeling like you want a little bit more structure, you know, highly sensitive people, anxious people, empaths, uh, introverts, we are a specific type of person. I say that every episode, like how many times am I going to say that per episode? We need structure. We need accountability. We need gentle discipline. Those are things that come with... Tracking food and getting educated about food. And after decades of struggling, decades of just like, man, what the fuck works with food? I know that I have got it. And I am excited to, you know, more openly share this process with you and share my thoughts about it. Because I do think that it is the missing piece in the market right now. Right now in the market, we typically see, you know, people who just macro track and they're just like, okay, do this or you're the worst. And if you don't hit your numbers, like, screw you. And then we have the intuitive eating people that are just like, eat whatever. And I don't think either of those work for a lot of women. So if you are out there and you're feeling like neither of those have worked and you want results in that middle place, something that is going to educate you, something that is going to give you the tools that you need to be able to do this forever, for you to be able to eat a lot of food and feel happy with what you're eating, let's talk. I want to help you and I want to coach you around this. So I'm going to be opening up three nutrition spots this month in August. I only have three available, available right now. If you are interested in this, please get in contact with me. You can sign up for a call at the link in my bio. Look at I'm talking like we're on Instagram right now. This is a podcast. You can sign up for a call in the show notes. There is a link there. It's right at the top. I would love to talk to you and to help you because I don't want you to struggle with this anymore. If you are out there listening right now and you're eating like 800 calories and you're feeling like you're at your wits end and you're feeling so frustrated and exhausted and like you don't know what works, send me a DM on Instagram or sign up for that call. Get in touch with me in some way. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the process on Instagram over this next month and through email. So please make sure you're also on my email list. I want to change the way that fat loss is done, the way we think about it, the way we approach it, I also want to change the minds of women to make sure that you feel good in your body and that you get there in a way that feels good to you, where you can just feel pleasure (laughs) from food and you can feel pleasure from being in your body and living in your body. I am so passionate about this because I can't tell you how much time I spent in pain around this, how much time and energy I don't even know how to measure that. And if you are listening right now and you have struggled with food before, like how do we even measure the amount of shit that we've put ourselves through, through through food and dieting and all of these things? Like I can't, I don't even know the unit to talk about that. (laughs) Um, It's just a ton of energy. And the main reason that I like to educate about this is because it is wasted energy. It doesn't, you know, we don't have to waste that energy. I'm not saying that it didn't serve a purpose. Like we didn't know better at the time. We thought these things. And again, this is a mindset thing. This is an education thing. This is like an implementation thing, which is why I teach about mindset and cooking and nutrition because it's like this is your one-stop shop for it all. For your health, for your mental health, for your physical health, for you to live your purpose. This is what this is about for whatever it is that you do. I want you to be energized and I don't want you to have the energy leaks of thinking about food and your body all the time because I want you to put that energy... Into something that you love doing, into your purpose. You know, I love business too, into your business, into your family, into your friends, into travel, into making money, whatever it is. I want that light within you to shine. And when we are obsessed with food and our bodies, it diminishes. And to me, it's all about energy. So we have this energy inside of us because we're so sensitive, we feel everything. And the thoughts that we have around food and the obsessions that we have and, you know, all of, you know, being mean to ourselves, all of these things are just unused energy. Again, there's more to it. Like anxiety is real. I'm not saying anxiety is not real or like depression, all of that. All of that is unused, untapped energy. That's just like making itself, you know, doing something bad inside of you. That energy needs to be channeled in a different way. If you notice, the times that you feel most alive in life are times that you are not thinking about food. They are times where you are maybe disinterested in food. So that's a whole other subject of like, can you get excited about something in your life? Can you use that energy and that fuel to make something beautiful? I don't care what that thing is. This isn't just about business. This is about making your life beautiful, yourself beautiful, your essence, making a child, like getting a dog and making that dog beautiful too. When I say beautiful, I just really mean like emanating, I just hit my desk, I'm getting passionate, (laughs) emanating that just vibe of sparkliness. And that sounded really, (laughs) really refined sparkliness, but like If you think of like, when I think of something that is like filled with life, I think a glow, I think passion, I think sparkle, I just think clarity and peace. If we channel the energy properly, this is why it's important for us to work out too. So that's my little spiel about why I think intuitive macros is the absolute best. Why I don't want you to waste any more time on a diet that doesn't work for you. I don't want you to waste any more time restricting. I don't want you to waste any more time on a low carb diet. I don't want it for you. I want you to feel free and empowered and like you've got this for the rest of your life. And a lot of this has to do with putting on muscle and feeling good and empowered and just strong in your body. But the reason that I'm so passionate about this is because of my story and because of the things that I've been through in my life. Especially with food. And in all honesty, I really have not struggled with food or binged really for the last like eight years. And full disclosure during quarantine, I found myself, like at the beginning of quarantine, I found myself having thoughts around food and stress around food and anguish that I hadn't felt in years. And I was like, oh my God, this is why is this happening? It's just like when we are stressed that's where our mind goes. That's immediately where the stressor is going to live because it's used to it. And I think it's false that when we recover from an eating disorder, like it doesn't mean you're never going to have these thoughts again. It doesn't mean that you're going to be free of thoughts around your body, but you can be free or the way you eat what you can be free of is how you react to them and the subsequent behaviors that you do as a result of those thoughts. So I found myself just like stress eating a little bit more. I found myself just kind of feeling tired and fatigued and stressed out, which made me want to eat sugar. And for me, eating a lot of processed foods just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't make me feel good. So I think in our minds, we can have ideas around like, oh, I should eat this way or like, I should want to eat these foods because it's like what I'm supposed to do. I should feel free and I should, you know, just eat whatever. Like that doesn't work for a lot of us because again, we're sensitive and we feel things more. I feel best when I eat mostly whole foods. And then from time to time I eat other crap that I love. And like I eat I eat it. <laughs> like I I'll drink sometimes. I will um, you know, have chocolate and ice cream and you know, I'm always gluten-free, but I'll have like a gluten-free pizza or whatever it is. Usually always with other people, usually always um something really special and like the environment is Uh, rare or something, or it's a special occasion. These things are not everyday occurrences for me because I like to keep them special. The less I do them, the more special they are. And for me, at this point, it doesn't create any sort of uh, scarcity. It doesn't create any sort of, um, you know, propensity to binge. But again, this is because of all the shit that I've been through through the years. So I grew up with a complicated relationship with food. I, from the time that I can remember, I've had thoughts about my body and I always had digestive issues. I was not educated about food. Like I didn't know about, when I say that I just didn't know about like nutrition or what I was supposed to eat. I think, you know, you're supposed to eat like a fruit or vegetable, but I don't even remember really what I ate when I was young. Um, I... All, again, I always had a complicated relationship with food and my body. And I didn't have any awareness of like how I felt in my body. I wasn't given those tools. And I was always, my food was policed and monitored. And even if I said I was hungry sometimes, um, I wouldn't be able to eat. But uh, you know, because my mom at the time, like, I think that she saw me perhaps growing up in a larger body or like, you know, I I even hesitate to say this word, but I was like chubby when I was little. And I think that she just sort of did the best she could and was like, well, she just needs to go on a diet. I need to just not have her eat these foods or the sugar. And like, I just have to keep her protected and to have a body that I think is good for her. So every time that I encountered processed foods or sugar I would binge because it was the scarcity of like okay I can't do this because when I go home this isn't going to be available to me now I have breathing room so I better like you know um, take advantage of it all again huge this is all food scarcity it wasn't allowed and it was also like I am bad as a result of this, I am being bad right now. I'm eating all of these foods that I'm not supposed to eat. Gotta happen in secret, gotta happen fast and in a short time. And you know what? When we binge, we don't pay attention to what we're eating. So that was my life basically no attention, no awareness, not like, oh, do I like this thing? It's like, it's here and I gotta get it and it's scarce and I gotta get it all right now. So my bulimia developed at a young age because I would be so full. From that scarcity and that, like, you know, I had it, it, when you grow up like that, you grow up like, like you're having, like, you live with almost like a straight jacket on. You're tight, you're, and this is also perfectionism, but you live tight and you live like, oh my God, I don't know when I'm going to get this again. So the moment that somebody like loosens the belt on that straight jacket, you just go nuts and you go crazy and that's what I would do because again I didn't know when it was going to happen again it wasn't allowed so I would be so full that I then just learned to purge and I would throw up and to for me that wasn't a daily thing I know Glennon Doyle talks about the fact that like she did it every day for 17 years looking back I have no idea how often I did it but I remember being at like I would be on vacation with my family sometimes, like, and if my my mom wasn't preparing something, I would be like at a buffet, and I remember being like nine years old at a buffet and getting waffles and chocolate sauce, and maple syrup, putting this all over the waffle, waffle, M and M's, bacon, and I would go back and back and back and back to the buffet. And I would make myself feel like junk because, again, it was all that scarcity. So from the time that I was very young, these were the behaviors that I did. Never paying attention to my body, never paying attention to how I felt. It was just like, okay, strict at home, strict on diets. And then when I wasn't around that, binge and then purge. So for me, it would happen like, I don't even know, once a month. I think sometime like six months, sometimes like six months would go by, I wouldn't do it. Maybe sometimes it would be daily. I really don't remember. I just remember that practice. And, you know, my first diet was like, I think when I was like 10 years old or younger, was that diet where you eat like an egg and three crackers for lunch. Literally, that was the diet. And you have a grapefruit in the morning and then you have like protein and vanilla ice cream for dinner and you would lose like 10 pounds. And that, and my dad would do that diet, like when he would, my dad, you know, my dad never contributed to my poor relationship with food. But when he would, let's say, like go on a trip or something, he would use that diet to like, quote unquote, slim down again or whatever. So I was in this constant binge and restrict cycle. And I remember going to my first nutritionist when I was 18 and I remember weighing myself and the nutritionist putting me on this diet and she just cut my calories like I remember I was still eating pizza and stuff I ended up losing weight but I my growing up I did not have a good relationship with food I didn't have a good relationship with my body I didn't have any self-worth I had no self-esteem no confidence I was very meek I was very um I wouldn't speak up for myself. I didn't know how to speak up for myself. I was very quiet, very introspective. So I was all of these things while also being a big feeling person and not knowing what to do with these feelings. Like I was very emo when I was a teenager. I have journals when I was like 13 of just journal after journal after journal because I've always been the same. But I, again, I had that untapped energy inside not knowing what to do with it. So I would just use it to be obsessed with food and eat food and go through that whole cycle of binging and restriction and binging and then purging sometimes. So when I went to college, when I was 18, I immediately gained 40 pounds. And this wasn't a surprise to me. I had lost some weight with that nutritionist that I told you I saw. She was a registered dietitian. And when I went to college, within like three or four months, I gained 40 pounds because I was like, that's it. I have my own space. I can do whatever I want with food right now. So I'm going to just eat and drink and have fun and I can buy whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. So F it. I'm going to do it every day. And then I gained 40 pounds. And it happened in a way that like I just slowly my clothes wouldn't fit, weren't fitting me and slowly I just lost more touch with myself and I wasn't exercising or anything. You know, it was like that cycle where you're in college and you eat a lot and then you drink and then you wake up and like you're not feeling great. So then you just eat more and then it just like is the same cycle over and over where like all the pleasure came from food and alcohol. So I remember after uh, You know, my first few months, I came back home and my mom suggested I go to another nutritionist and I got put on diet pills. And I also, within that, it was like the South Beach diet. I also did Weight Watchers for a long time. Um, That was a big thing that I did, just like the counting. And throughout the rest of college, I ended up losing weight through Weight Watchers. I remember in college, I would go to the meetings in Gainesville. I went to University of Florida. Go Gators, if you are a fellow UF person. Um, I remember going to meetings there and I didn't work on my mindset. It was just like about like, you know, counting the points. So I remember I would eat like fun things. Like I would make a, um, a pizza out of a pita and I would have like lettuce and with ginger dressing Everything measured. I remember I would even eat like Cadbury eggs sometimes. It was like five points. So that's how I lost my weight in college. And I got down to a place where I was feeling pretty good. And throughout this time, and I was still drinking a lot too. So throughout this time, for the rest of college, My eating issues didn't really pop up just because, again, I was comfortable with Weight Watchers. It's like, well, as long as I count it, as long as I count the vodka I drink or the gin or the cookies or whatever it is, as long as I count it, it's fine. So I kept myself... Uh, accountable in that sense. But again, I didn't work on the mindset piece. So in college, my food behaviors of like the purging or whatever were absent because I put all of my energy into alcohol. I did drugs. I let men treat me terribly. So I was in constant obsession with just honestly like getting drunk, doing drugs and... um dating bad people (laughs) that was just like what I did obviously like I still did well not obviously but I still did well in school I still got all my stuff done but a lot of my time was spent doing that so like I didn't he I wasn't healing even though my food issues weren't there I was not focusing on myself it was just obsessions with other stuff So after I ended college, I went and got my first corporate job and I was working for Macy's Corporate in Tampa, Florida. And I went into the nine to five schedule and immediately because I didn't work on my mindset, I gained 20 pounds right when I got there. And I just said, F it, I'm 20 pounds heavier now. I ended up getting laid off from that job. I went, moved back home. I ended up losing the weight again through Weight Watchers And I, at this point, I was home for a little bit. I had another corporate job in Miami. I was, you know, still dating people that weren't good for me. And I ended up wanting to go back to graduate school. This was when I wanted to go back to graduate school. And this is when I discovered Janine Roth and intuitive eating. So when I got to graduate school, I was at a comfortable weight for me, but I discovered, again the way that Janine teaches eating, which is just like, don't overeat. So I would eat everything. This is when I was in cooking school. So like I was literally eating sugar all day. I would, we would have days where we would just make bagels and bread and whatever you can picture (laughs) in cooking school. We made it. We had a fried day of like fried Snickers and Twinkies. Like I literally ate everything. It was like chocolate mousse. And this is what we would eat for lunch too. We would eat leftovers, but I just didn't overeat. So I was still drinking a little bit of wine. I was still doing stuff. But I ended up getting into a very unhealthy weight for me because I wasn't educated in nutrition, even though I studied it. I wasn't educated about like protein or strength training or anything like that. So I was just like, th- quote unquote, thin, but I was too thin. I didn't have a period. I just, I was eating way too little. Honestly, sometimes I would eat like Three bites of eggplant or a couple pretzels with hummus. I would carry around food in a bag, in my backpack, and because I was in grad school, so I was like a student with a backpack. And I would like every time I would get hungry, I would just eat a little bit of something. I would always bake stuff too, so I would eat brownies. I would eat. I remember even bringing like brownies to the movies with my friends and just like. I'm like, okay, I'm hungry. Like, now I can eat this. And, like, okay, now I'm full. But then, like, an hour later, I would eat again. So, that's no way to live where you're constantly paying attention to, like, am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Like, that, if you have a job, like, you can't do that. So, it, it took a lot of my attention and I was not eating enough. I was not eating. I would just eat whatever. So, again, I was thin, but I wasn't necessarily healthy. So, at this point, I felt really good with my relationship with food and I even though I wasn't feeling myself properly I also felt like my mindset was blown up around food like I finally felt like I got it like oh the way that I'm eating actually has nothing to do with my uh with like the food it has to do with these beliefs that I have about myself and My low confidence and low self-worth and that I had back then and I began to really step into who I am Today like around this time I was 25 and this was really when like I got into spirituality and like I met somebody I had a really significant relationship at this time where I met somebody who was much older than me and we were in a relationship And he introduced me to like spirituality and like I went on this like spiritual retreat and uh, it helped me heal a lot. And it helped me, it totally changed the trajectory of my like spiritual life was reading that book, then having that. And honestly, like in college I did mushrooms (laughs) Um, and that sort of gave me like a spiritual view, not advocating for mushrooms, just kind of (laughs) saying that I did them back then. And um, it really changed who I was fundamentally. Like I wasn't as interested in binging. I wasn't as interested in drinking. I just started to feel comfortable in my skin through these spiritual practices, which to me, spirituality is just, and love, self-love. I was also reading a lot of Ayanla Ayanla Van Zandt. I read that book. Um, One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. In the meantime, I will put these books in the show notes. To me, it was really about feeling comfortable in my skin no matter what was happening so even if i felt anxiety or depression or whatever it was it was being able to hold those emotions and be there for myself and to love myself and to be curious about it and to stay with myself versus leaving versus distracting or numbing which had always been my norm so this was a very poignant time for me. And then after this, this was when I went to Italy on the farms and I ended up, you know, I was very active throughout that time, but I would eat whatever. I was, I also like my other relationship ended. Then I ended up dating this cheese farmer over there. I thought I was going to stay in Italy. So needless to say, I was having like tons of cheese and bread and wine. It was very like romantic and, you know, like just eating food from the land and cooking dinner every night. And my mind was blown when I went there and pe- it was like normal for people to eat food from their land. And I remember telling that person that I was dating, like, what? Like, this is what people do. Like they have peaches in the summer and they just like, they don't get them at the supermarket. And he's like, no, this is normal. This is like what we all do. This is the culture. This is the life. So I was heavily influenced during that time around how to prepare food, how to think about food, how to, you know, eat it with care and love and prepare it with in that same way, which is pretty much exactly how I cook now, which is just like simple food prepared well, prepared simply. And it really brought this level of attention and mindfulness towards food because over there, everybody cooks, everybody knows how to deal with food. Everybody values mealtime and food. And again, it just sort of taught me to like slow down. And that was, like I said, a very poignant um, experience for me. I was still intuitively eating then. Then I came back home to Miami and this is when I started my private chef business. And this is when I went gluten-free because one of my big clients that I had as a private chef was Celiac and I had to cook Celiac. So She was really into different diets and uh, paleo and all these things and her and I would talk and she told me one day that I told her I was bloated or something, which was my norm. And she's like, you know, I think based off of what you're telling me, I think that you might, it might benefit you to go gluten free. So this was in 2012 or maybe early 2013. And I discovered paleo, I discovered CrossFit, and I became obsessed with all of that. Like my digestive issues got better. I um, ended up just, again, not having any sort of like bloating issues and I loved it. And this is what I think most people experience when it comes to paleo and why I don't think that it is a long-term solution for pe- people, even though back then I thought it was. And you might have even met me or discovered me through that because I was very into that world and extremely dogmatic. I thought I was better for like not eating grains, which is just s- such bullshit, um, and but again, we grow and we learn. And I became orthorexic during this time. I remember going on a trip with my best friend to Colombia, and she was like, "What the fuck? Like, why?" She's like, "This is too much. Like, the way that you are avoiding food and thinking about food. Like, just we were together for like ten days um, on this trip, and she." you know, I I really do believe that a good friend will tell you the truth about you and she hadn't been around me, like in that close proximity for such a long time where you eat all your meals with them and she was literally like, Ashley, what the fuck? Like, why are you being like this? And you she's like, You have a problem in a loving way. And then I remember when I got back from that trip She had told our other best friend and they sort of confronted me in a loving way. And they were like, we have this research. We can see that like, this is what you have. And I was like, holy shit, this is orthorexia. This is crazy. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on orthorexia. And it took me maybe a year after that or longer, maybe two years in order. So like six years ago, To get back to a place where I felt comfortable eating other things, where I felt comfortable being autonomous with food, not listening to rules or what I should do or whatever. Like, okay, what clean slate? What actually makes me feel good and what actually makes me feel bad? Like, and that is up to me. Only I know that. And with you, this is why I speak so passionately about this only you know what feels good in your body. Only you know the weight that you want to be. Only you know how you want to feel. So it wasn't until, and even during that time I was doing CrossFit, I was also keto. I had a coach who was pretty misinformed about nutrition and he was like, just go keto, like that's going to give you the best results. And I ended up gaining 20 pounds during that time from not even eating a lot. It was just the combination of the high stress exercise of CrossFit, which is intense as hell. And which I was doing like almost every day, not eating carbohydrates, my body just revolted. And I started um, educating myself about nutrition. I hired a nutrition coach. I dove deep. I went into uh, nutritional therapy. I got certified in nutritional therapy. I learned about all of this. I learned about fat loss. I learned about like calories and how to count your macros. So I've been doing this stuff behind the scenes for like five or more years and i raised i remember raising my calories i remember um eating sweet potatoes that i hadn't eaten in years bananas that i hadn't eaten in years and feeling so much better and losing weight as a result of that so i ended up getting back to a place where i felt really good um and this is where i've been ever since and as time goes on i just stay open towards what it is that I need with my body and with food. And I listen to my body. I know now the older I get, the less I can tolerate a lot of sugar and processed foods. Like it's just not worth it for me to eat them all the time. I still will eat them. But for me, I I can't have it every day if I want to feel my best, which I do. I need to be mentally energized. I need to be focused. Food has a big impact on me. So, This is all to say that I've taken all of this and put it into intuitive macros and really taken the mindset piece, the cooking piece, the tracking piece, all of this and put it together. So what I know for sure, after all of this that I've been talking about, I'm going to be wrapping up right now in a few minutes. Um, Things I know for sure, tracking works, even though it's annoying, like it's effective, it's annoying, it's time consuming, but it works. And to me, tracking is about awareness and accountability for yourself. Like many of us think, like with food, that food should be entertainment and um, a way to numb. And yeah, it's fun sometimes, of course. Like sit with a bowl of popcorn, and it is comfort. The thing is, it doesn't make you feel good. Like when you eat it in that way, it is not advantageous for you, for us, to eat it in that way, especially if you're sensitive especially if you're eating like sugar, like it makes you feel like junk. So tracking is annoying, but it is effective. Another thing I know, calories matter. They really, really do. I hate that like such a big portion of what we talk about, like I hate talking about calories. Not that I hate talking about them to you, but I hate the fact that so many people say that they don't matter. Because when I was paleo, I was like, oh, if I just eat whatever, if it's paleo, it's going to just like metabolize in my body a certain way. So I would eat like beef plus avocado plus ghee plus like bacon and other stuff in one meal. And like that's too many calories. So calories do matter. Another thing that matters are carbs. You should not be on a low-carb diet, especially if you are active. More information coming about carbs, but carbs matter. Another thing that that is important is knowing how you respond to sugar and processed foods. Are you somebody who can have them in moderation if you track? Are you somebody who can eat them mindfully? Mindfulness is a tool. I don't think that many of us can have them intuitively. Intuitively, your body's going to give me, like, going to be like, give me the whole fucking cake. It's so good. Just give it to me. And sometimes it's okay to do that, but like, you're not going to feel great if you do that every day. It's also in the brain. Sugar straight up makes me anxious. It's not worth it. I don't respond well to these foods. So for me, it looks like avoiding them most of the time and then indulging sometimes. Another thing that matters is taking care of your gut, especially if you're anxious. So that means eating real food most of the time, having lots of vegetables, having fiber, making sure you are pooping and going to the bathroom. It really, really matters. So why intuitive macros? For me and for so many women, I don't think that it's one or the other. I don't think it's tracking or intuitive eating. It's the middle place. It is the gap that is not being addressed right now. And again, if you're recovering from an eating disorder, this might not be for you, but I know that for everyone, it can come eventually. And this is about education portions and feeling portion size, learning about all of that and feeling how you want to feel in your body. Intuitive macros are steps on a journey where intuitive eating is an advanced strategy after education and learning how your body works, how your physiology works, how your mindset works, all of these things. So initially we track I educate you and it's important to track because what can be measured can be managed. And then we go through a process where I teach you all of these different tools so you can get to the place where you can feel free around food so you can live the let sparkly life, that authentic life that you wanna live every day because the way we eat, the way we move our bodies is the foundation for everything else. Feeling strength in your body and in your mind through weightlifting, through keeping yourself accountable with food, through eating in the way that you know is good for you. All of that is the foundation of strength. Hard stop, full stop, period, however you want to say it. All of these things are the foundation of strength for you going forward. You do not have to struggle with food anymore. I promise you. It takes time. I don't want you to think that you're going to get on this journey and like in three months, it's just all going to be fixed. That's not how this works. This journey is not linear. It is not easy. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes attention. It takes awareness. But I promise you, if you go through this journey with me, you will never have to struggle with food again. Never. Because we have better things to do. And you guys just heard my whole story and how nonlinear it was, how up and down it goes. But I know that I can say for sure that food is not a struggle to me anymore. I get it. I understand. I get where I am now and what I need to do now to maintain myself, like just feeling good. And I also get what you're going through if you're struggling right now, if you're feeling like you are lost and so exhausted by all of this crap. Science is science. So, and nutrition facts are nutrition facts, and basic nutrition facts work. They're simple and they're basic, and they might be a little boring and mundane. Like, it's nothing shiny or new. It just means we got to be consistent, means we have to be accountable perhaps to somebody else. It means that we have to be in community around this. And eventually, this year, in the next few months, I'm going to be developing a community around this so we can all commiserate because a lot of people in our lives don't get it. Not everybody's like this. Not everybody has to pay attention to their food. And it's so annoying to, and it's almost like we're jealous of those people. Like, God, why do you, why do I have to struggle and you don't? But I promise you, if you go into this head first, you know, the only way out is through. If you go into it, you're going to get so many other gifts. So many other amazing things are going to happen as a result. And I want to help you through that. Again, whether that's through just following me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo, whether that is going through one of my programs or my coaching groups or working with me one-on-one, I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. And most importantly, I want to free you from this struggle so you can do what it is that you're meant to do. So this is the longest podcast that I've had in a long time. And please sign up for a call with me if you feel called to, if you want to work with me, even if you just want to talk to see what that is about. We will do the intuitive macro method. Every plan is 100% customized to you if you work with me one-on-one. Um, but until next time, friends, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay tuned for my newsletter that's going to be coming out this coming Thursday and every Thursday thereafter. But I appreciate you sticking with me if you are still here right now. And I'm already looking forward to talking to you next Monday. thank you so much for listening to Wise. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed this show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on my